There is more going on than you know. There are unseen universal forces at work. The law of attraction is just one universal law that plays a part in shaping your reality. But there's so much more to know. If you knew how to engage all the universal forces, you could deliberately create the life of your dreams. Joshua, a group of non-physical teachers, explains the laws of the universe and how the mechanisms of physical reality actually work. They are channeled by Gary Temple Bodley, and each week, Gary and a group of students discuss how they are affecting and enhancing their lives every single day. This is the expansion of the Law of Attraction. This is the teachings of Joshua Roundtable. We're thrilled you're here. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Law of Attraction Roundtable. I'm your host, Gary Temple Bodley. With me today is Astrid Halverson. Hi, Astrid. Hi, everyone. So in doing Joshua, I get questions from people all over the world, and they revolve around five subjects. It's abundance, number one, and uh, relationships with friends and family, physical health, spiritual growth, and relationships with love, like love interests and stuff like that. And that love interest one is a big one. And there's always around worthiness. Uh, It's really getting clear now how that works. And so we're talking today about, um, you know, finding someone and then them rejecting you. And what does that mean? And what's going on there? What's the underlying thing? So we're going to bring a little, little bit of clarity about that. But first of all, what's going on in the world of Astrid Halverson? It's just life. Oh, you were um, you were in Amsterdam at the Abraham Show, weren't you? Yeah, I sure was. How was that? It was fun. Yeah, you know, I I love Abraham, and Abraham is the reason I'm even a channel, obviously. Um, and it's interesting because when I started channeling Joshua, I only thought that Abraham or Esther was the only channel in the world. <laughs> so I went, you know, I had gone to probably uh, seven or eight. Abraham events and then started channeling and went to a couple more after that. So I've been to about 10 and hadn't been to one for four or five years. So I had this opportunity where someone in the group had paid for the ticket, but couldn't go. So she gave it to me. And so I I got to go and I didn't know why, like, okay, so what is going to happen there? Am I going to meet somebody or am I going to get in the hot seat or I'm going to meet Esther or something like that's going to happen? And so I just went and Tracy and I went together. We had a great time. We were in Paris for a week before that, took the train up to Amsterdam, got Amsterdam on Thursday, had fun there. Uh, We met Alette on Friday, or actually Saturday. Um, Great food. Amsterdam is one of my favorite towns in the whole world. Had this phenomenal hotel, and it was really fun. And then so I go to, to Abraham, and normally they're in a hotel in a ballroom mm-hmm. and usually it's like four or 500 people there. Well, this was an event center that they had constructed out of an old oil um, tank, you know, okay. it's round and it might've been 20, 30 feet high or 40 or 50 feet high. The acoustics were amazing, but it held, I, I'm guessing there was 2,500 to 3,000 people there. Shit. That's a amazing. lot. Yeah. yeah. Big screens, 
lots of cameras. They had all the sound boards up and they had people, people, you know, directing it. And it was a big event and lots of volunteers and stuff like that. So it was amazing. And the vibration, of course, was incredibly high and everyone's into it. And when I'm watching the whole thing, I'm realizing, you know, I'm answering these questions that the people in the hot seat are asking. Mm. And I'm getting the stream of consciousness that's coming through from Joshua. And my answers are all perfectly aligned with what Abraham is saying, but on a much more specific level. Okay. Much more. And so I realized that, that, you know, Abraham is this big bubble of love that's inviting people who can resonate with the very basis of what the law of attraction is, Mm. but they're still coming from a place of control and they want to fix problems in their lives and they think the way to do it is same way I did is by getting into the law of attraction and starting mm. to think positively and that sort of thing. But it goes so much deeper than that when we realize that we have these self-imposed limitations brought on by these limiting beliefs. And fear pops up whenever a limiting belief is triggered. And the fear is there to, to let us know that we're looking at an illusion of reality. It's not really true. And so that we can trace back and find that limiting belief and then process it. Well, you know, that was not, those people in that room were not ready to hear that. They were all into this, you know, trying to get into the source consciousness that's flowing through in pure love and out of the lack-based, fear-based consciousness that they're tapped into whenever they think something's wrong is happening. And so just to know that there's two different streams of consciousness that you're hooking up to is really a great place to start. But there's so much more going on, and I realized that with Joshua. And I realized that I, as a channel, and I realized that you as a channel, are not lesser than Esther. We have our own thing to bring forth, for those who are ready for it, in our own unique way. We are equal to that, you know, and Mm. just because someone appears to be doing more or better, we can't, we can't allow that to influence us away from what we're doing. Mm. We have to know that what we're doing and, and, and that, you know, being channels, we're just letting through what comes through. We're not really attaching ourselves to it too much. Um, But we have a worthiness issue. Who am I to be a spiritual leader and teacher? Who am I to go out and give this to the world, right? We have to reconcile that who we are is perfect as we are, and nobody can do it the way we can do it. And once we get on board with that, then people start showing up. This, there was 3,000 people there, I'm guessing, and, and it's growing and growing and growing because Esther is seeing her value. And our communities will grow as well, not because of what we're channeling, but of how we see our value in part of all of that. Mm. And that's what we're doing here. We're exploring who we are as spiritual leaders and teachers. So did you enjoy the show? Was it fun? Or Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, yeah it's fun. But it was very basic, you know? Yeah. It was not different than it was seven years ago. It was... It was the same message said the same way with the same mm. samples because it can't go more than that. It has to be this, 
you know, uh, more general explanation of the law of attraction that allows people who are just on the verge of that to get in. And they're getting in. And then once they get in and they play around in that, then they'll be inspired to seek other teachings. Mm -hmm. And they'll find Joshua or whoever else. They'll find Laurel. They'll find um, the stream. They'll find Kimberly. They'll find whoever. Because they'll resonate with that person. They'll mm -hmm. resonate with there are people who will resonate with you that aren't resonating with me and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Everyone yeah. resonates with you, though. Abraham is a very important foundation or a building block to help to get people into the other stuff. Um, it was important for me. It's, yeah. I couldn't have made that jump into another level without taking that first step. Oh, not that that was the first step, but it was an important step. Sure. So, yeah. yeah. So people get into it. Maybe they get into yoga or get into, you know, meditation or even motivational speaking, you know, mm. follow, uh, a motivational speaker or though they read books, they find Abraham, they get into that. There's so much to listen to. Yeah. And then at, at some point they're ready to go to the next level. Yeah. I'm seeing so much of these young people on Instagram and everywhere that are, they're acting and speaking and living this knowledge without tying it into necessarily spirituality. It's just this way of living, of being yourself, being authentic, um, basically a spiritual way of being without calling it spirituality. And they're, I mean, because they're so young that it's more their vibration when they came in was higher. So it's more natural to them to live this way. And it's just, it feels good to see all this, the change coming. It feels really yeah. good. Yeah. And they're rejecting the status quo of, mm. of a Western society's idea of what success is. Yeah. They're like, no, I don't need to make money. I need to be who I am. You know, mm. I don't need to impress anyone. I need to be who I, who I am. I am unique and I have gifts to offer. And as soon as I realize that and, and, and do what I'm inspired to do rather than, you know, struggling and efforting my way to create something that I think I'm missing. Mm. Yeah. And this focus on beauty or looks or body image is also creating this reaction Mm -hmm. with people, younger people wanting to be accepted for who they are. And that's also helpful in this because, you know, accepting your body leads to accepting or it, it creates a desire to be accepted for other things than just your looks. So yeah. it's, it's wonderful to see this wave yeah. starting all over. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it is amazing. And yeah. we're getting more and more young people in the Joshua community as well, which, ah. which you know, I hadn't seen before. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. That's going to create a different a different environment to create some good changes, I think. For sure. Yeah. You know, I got here because I effort and struggled my way to prove my worthiness and to gain appreciation through outside control of the conditions. Didn't work, lost everything, had to start over. And there's and there and, and most of the people are that same way. They're about you would say 50 years old. They've lived 30 years trying to control conditions, realize it doesn't work, and now they want to embark on the journey of self-discovery, who they truly are, by approaching life in a new way. Yeah. Younger people are like, they never even took that journey. They just knew it was all bullshit, right? And so they're like, there's got to be something else. And then they, then they are inspired to find us. Yeah, they're getting ready for the ascension. 
Yeah. What's Loving the, it. What's the ascension? In my, what I believe, I think it is to become one with your, um, your higher self, your inner being. Yeah. And to live as God, the divine in the human, in the human shape. So the human shape, the human body and the human race becomes uh, one with all these abilities that we think are just in fairy tales or magical. And yeah. Right. Uh, what I noticed in the boot camp and in even on the one-on-one is that people are emerging as channels themselves. And there's a lot of this. And when you realize that channeling is a natural ability, anyone can do it, you know, and, and what we're doing is helping people realize that they have this connection to the source consciousness. And as it comes through them, it comes through uniquely. Yeah. So not only is it a possible thing or a natural ability, but it's necessary. Everyone's contribution in what they bring forth is unique and also necessary to the, to the movement of humanity from fear to love. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if they're channeling or not. They're still equally valuable in this, in this movement or in just an everyday life. Absolutely. Everyone has these gifts, channeling or not, whatever it is. Just being you is the best gift you can give. Right. That's enough. And when you can realize that, that who you are is perfect as you are, and you have gifts that no one else has, but you don't really realize them yet and you don't see them as gifts or superpowers, once you get on with that and start to realize it, and it takes a while, of course, but that it becomes a more uh, satisfying journey, mm-hmm. discovering who you truly are, than going around in these circles, playing around with who you're not. Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear Tucker? He's biting on his bone down there. Oh, it's not Tracy? No, Tracy's not here. I'm just- Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good. So how was your trip to London? Do you like London? Yes, I love London. We go once or twice a year ever since I was a baby. So it was good. Yeah. And where do you go? We usually just stay around Regent Street, the main, main like Oxford Street, Regent Street, um, Soho, uh, Harrods around that area. Uh-huh. So yeah. it's, it's, not mu- it's not much sightseeing anymore. It's just eating our way through the city. Yeah, yeah that's what we were doing too. Yeah. Some of our best meals, though, in we our hotel was near this farmer's market, and mm-hmm. the stuff that they were selling there was unbelievable. The tomatoes, like I've never seen before. So we'd buy tomatoes and olives. One guy had this huge stand of all these different kinds of olives and bread, of course, and butter and cheeses. And we would just go back to the hotel with a bottle of wine and, and eat in our room. It was, yeah. yeah. Enjoying the conditions. Totally. It was awesome. And in Paris, we were on line scooters, those those electric scooters. Mm. It was so much fun. We got around everywhere. It was great. Yeah. Did you and your mom do that in London? (laughs) No. (laughs) Did you take the tube anywhere? Uh, Yes. We use it to get around. Yeah. Did you see any shows? No. (laughs) All right. So today we're talking about romantic relationships from a question from Kimmy and I'll just go ahead and read the question and then we'll go into Laurel's perspective and then Joshua's perspective. Sound good? Yeah. Okay, here we go. I have a question that I've been struggling with for the past three to four weeks. 
I've been trying to resolve it myself, and I also have been trying to write out my manifestation events leading from my interaction, and I'm unable to get past three sentences. Here's my situation. I met a guy about a year ago at one of my racing events. He has showed interest and asked me out to dinner, and I declined. I didn't really think about it much at the time. Fast forward to this year, and I decided to take him up on his offer. So instead of going out to dinner, we ate dinner at the house he's staying with, uh, with friends. It became intimate very quickly. He said some very nice things to me, very complimentary, and also things I think scared him. Anyway, we talked about getting together, and it was never really happening, so I decided to control the situation and book a flight to see him. I realized that now it was control. Anyway, no one has ever told me not to come and see them, but he did, exclamation point. I can't even still believe it, but he did. This is when I completely knew that he was never really interested in me. It was all just words, empty words. I told him that if I didn't come to see him, that would be the last he would ever hear from me. And I have kept my word on that. I have not tried to reach out, not even once. But it has caused me some heartache and feelings of non-resolve. He has also not reached out. After I told him he would not hear from me, he said, no, I'll hear from you. Don't be silly. And I said, no, you won't. That was it for me. But obviously, I'm still thinking about this, uh, that this guy came into my life to teach me some things. Maybe that's it. But still, I'm a bit curious and do not feel closure. How do I move past this? I, I understand acceptance of all that everything is right. Just wanted to ask your thoughts so I can move past and make myself available for yet another interaction with a guy. Thank you for your thoughts, Kimmy. All right. So let's see what Laurel has to say. I just think it's so interesting because like with Kimmy, it's difficult to see what your own issue is, but I think almost everyone else can see it clearly. Yeah. And it's, it, and it's the same issue that I get in almost all the questions. And everyone's like, I don't know what this is. What could it be? And it's so easy for everyone else to see. But when you're stuck in the middle of it, it's just, it's like you're in a fog. Yeah. You don't have the clarity because you're looking at yourself from a limited perspective. Mm. We aren't attached to the problem, so we can see it from the higher perspective, and that's what Laurel and Joshua are offering. But they can say it in a way that gets to the heart of the, of the person's issue so that they can see it clearly. And then by us going through these answers, other people can see it as well. And then if you take that and look inside yourself – you can find those limiting beliefs that you have yourself. Yeah. But I bet though at first you're going to think, oh, but that's not me. My case is special. So for me, it's not this issue. Right. But it usually is. <laughs> it is. Okay. Sure. Laurel's, Laurel says, dear Kimmy, who you are is perfect. You are complete. This belief that how others react to you somehow defines you is an illusion. How he feels about you is all about him. If you trigger fear in him, that is about him. How you react to his reaction, now that is all about you. Isn't it interesting that after all this time, you are still, you are still focused on this feeling of rejection? Isn't it interesting that instead of it being a fond memory where you think back to that magical night of love and appreciation, you think back to the later moments where you felt rejection? You choose to focus on those moments where you were not getting what you wanted. You choose to focus on those moments where he pointed out to you your own self-doubts. 
You could have focused on the night where he said all those things about you. You could have cherished those memories as the truth about how wonderful and attractive you are. Instead, you focused on the moments of emotional pain where your self-doubts were reflected back to you. Yeah. And why do we do that? It's, it's momentum. For me, it's just a habit. I, I take the painful moments, the rejection, so much harder. I focus more on that, and then I brush off the positives. Because you have a limiting belief, and you say, ah, it proves my limiting belief is true. Yeah. Yeah. Here's proof. <laughs> you believe you are never really enough. Sure, you are good enough for that first attraction, but when it moves beyond that and they see you for, for who you really are, then they lose interest. You see this reflection because you believe you are not enough. You see this reflection so that you can fix this belief. In this instance, your ego is reminding you of your perceived failure so that you can avoid it, happen from it, hap avoid it happening again. In order to protect you from, from future pain, a part of you is keeping this memory alive in your mind, playing this recording over and over until it becomes a new and enforced belief. I must not trust men when they tell me they love me. I must not allow myself to believe I'm good enough. I must not fall for the stupid thoughts of filing being good enough. I must not allow myself to accept myself because when the outside conditions conflict, conflict with my acceptance, I am proven wrong in believing I am good and proven right in my doubts of my worthiness. So better to stay in pain and not have to go through the disappointment of being rejected. And so this is where people's inner conflict comes in hmm. because they are, um, their ego pops up to defend their persona, which is their set of beliefs that they've adopted, both limiting and, and uh, beneficial. And so the ego says, listen, you've lived life this long. You're alive. Don't go ahead and do anything risky by going outside of your belief system, right? And so your ego saying, look, this proves that you're not good enough. So don't attempt this anymore because see the pain's, the pain is too much, right? And that, um, but if you're not going, moving towards your desire and not becoming who you truly are, you have this inner conflict. So you're always going to want that relationship and always going to be in fear of rejection. This creates manifestation events that eventually lead into the body. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's so interesting how this filter that we all have that comes from our beliefs, how that colors our perception, how we choose to see things. And it's just, it's everywhere. And it's, it can be difficult to change it at first, but when you do change it, you'll see all these little signs that help you get more hopeful and that tells you that you're on the right way. And it's so rewarding to be able to change your perspective. Absolutely. Uh, it, yeah. Yeah. And it's, Everyone can do it. Yeah. You can't do it, but everyone can. And it's just, it's difficult at first because it feels like for me, it felt like I was lying to myself, like I was just exactly. pretending and that felt bad. And I, I also had that fear that I didn't want to, I didn't want to believe in the good things because then the, if it was wrong, if I was really that bad that I thought, then it would be just harder to go back to that pain. So it's better to just stay in the pain and not have to taste the freedom and go back in the cage. 
But if you're able to push through that fear at first, those horrible, when you change at first, if you're able to push through that, it is so rewarding. It is so I, worth it. It's just re- really hard at first. I remember Joshua telling you, I think it was you, that it's going to feel uncomfortable being who you are, you know, and, yeah. and not feeling the same way all the time. Yeah. Because yeah. being, hating yourself or having these limiting beliefs, it feels safe because you're used to that kind of pain. Yeah. Humans and adapt so, so easily. Yes. And it also feels weird when you're not in the same pain anymore. It's like, what's this doesn't feel like it used to feel. Is it wrong? Right. It's just, there was a lot of going back and forth in, in the beginning, but yeah. yeah, I guess we just have to go through it. Yeah. 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 So imagine feeling um, pain or depressed or whatever, mm. and then feeling happy, <laughs> you know, it is weird to feel that way. Yeah. yeah. And you're going to think, oh, this, this, is, this isn't going to happen. This isn't going to happen. It's not going to stay like this. It's there, it, there's no use. I better go back to being depressed because then at least I'm in control of it. Yeah. It's not going to last. Yeah. yeah. So that's the key point there is giving up that yeah. need to be in control. Yeah. Control is everything. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere. Okay. Um, Yes. So they said it's better to stay in pain and not have to go through that. She's thinking these things. Right. And so Laurel says, these beliefs are false. They are part of the illusion. Your inner being is keeping you in a state of pain when you look back on the incident in this way so that you can realize that you are indeed wonderful and good enough. This pain is a reaction to the false belief that you are somehow anything but perfect. This incident is here to reflect this limitation to you so that you can become aware of it and change it. That is all it is, a sign, a friendly reminder that you are not seeing yourself as the wonder and the perfection that you are. The negative emotion is your inner self telling you that you're looking at this from a perspective that causes you to see an illusion and not the true reality. The only reason you're feeling pain or negative emotion is you're in fear and you're in fear because you think something bad is happening. And that way of thinking is so illogical at first, because when I'm in pain, I assume someone else must have hurt me. Yeah. Which is, it's, it's what we're taught to the way we're taught to think. And so it's sort of automatic in us. So at first, when you have to change that way of thinking, it's difficult to even remember it and to turn it around. I even, I still have these moments where I forget that the outside is a reflection. Yeah. Because I'm, you know, almost 40 years, I'm so used to it. But Yeah, it's momentum. Yeah. We start building this momentum of love and acceptance. Mm. And then you just don't, can't even imagine going back there, you know. Yeah. Now, you still face manifestation events, but they're not as often. Yeah, they and the will pain start spreading out. Yeah, and the pain isn't anything as deep. It's it can't you can't even compare it. It's nothing compared to the pain of hating yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's hard to say to to think that this is a friendly reminder that yeah, a m- super strong emotion here. But the truth is that you don't want this guy to say, "Come on over." Because he's a reflection of this unworthy part of you. You want a reflection of the worthy part of you. You want to get to a place of worthiness and then attract from that position 
So it's a good thing he said no, but he didn't do anything to you. He just said, don't come. You don't know what's going on in his life, right? And you're glad he didn't come, but you're taking it personally. That yeah. it means you're rejected. And that if you were worthy, he would say, come. But if you were worthy, he wouldn't be in your reality anyway. Because he's not there to show you worthiness. He's there to reflect your unworthiness. And also, there's probably been a whole lot of other friendly signs or friendly reminders. Because this might feel a bit harsh. But I bet the universe has been, your inner self has been trying for years, giving these smaller, more gentler reminders. But when you're this deep into your limiting beliefs, you just don't notice these signs or you certainly don't interpret them in the right way. So you just keep going and building more momentum in your limiting beliefs. And so the signs has to go, they have to grow bigger and bigger. Absolutely. And you don't, it's sort of like you're so strong that you don't give up until something huge and really painful knocks you over. Right. But that's what you, if that's what you need to turn around, then it's worth it. Absolutely. It's just, it just might not feel that way in the moment. <laughs> yeah. But looking back, you'll say, thank God that thing happened. Yeah. But you don't have to do that. If, if you can, you know, start processing limiting beliefs now, they'll become softer and softer and softer. And you won't need the big, hammer on the head to wake you up. Yeah. yeah. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> when you first interacted with this guy, you felt hopeful and good about yourself. You attracted his appreciation. After your encounter, you allowed in doubt. And this self-doubt is what has to go. To help you let go of this doubt and realize your perfection, the universe orchestrated this event of perceived rejection so that you can change your beliefs about who you really are. This perceived rejection was created for you to shock yourself into seeing the wrong in your own self-doubt. You are enough. How could the perfection of source, a perfect and complete love manifested through the being that is you, not be enough? There is nothing or no one more perfect, worthy, or more complete than you. You are the very image and creation of perfection and love manifested into physicality. You are the very thing that proves that God is real. You are God. You are enough. This is true of everyone, but try telling people that. Yeah. (laughs) It's not just Kimmy that's God. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Everyone is perfect. Yeah. The illusion of imperfection is everyone's greatest limitation. Yeah. But we're taught that we're imperfect and we're taught that we're arrogant. If we th- think we're anything less than imperfect, you know, or anything yeah. more than imperfect, whatever. And that's a big deal. You know, you don't want to be seen as arrogant or boastful or yeah. self-centered. But, but one thing Abraham said is, is you'll, you people out there say, Hey, Abraham, you're teaching selfishness. And we're saying, yes, we are, because this is a reality based in self. And if you aren't in alignment, if you don't selfishly do whatever you need to do to see yourself in the highest perspective, you're not going to be of any good to anyone else anyway. Yeah. Yep. And it's, it's interesting how everyone, even the people that you see as perfect and wonderful, everyone, we all have this belief that we should somehow be different. 
even if you're the most perfect being, you all, you still believe that you should be different. We all have something that we want to change that we think is wrong, that needs to be improved. And it's just, it's, we have these traits that other people would want, but in us, we see it as something wrong. And it's just crazy. All the things that you can find that's wrong about you, that is actually a good thing and that other people crave to have. It's Mm -hmm. just this, it's like we have to pick something within ourselves that is wrong to sort of prove that we're not good enough because it feels good to have this proof and sort of a validation of how wrong you are because at least then you know this for sure. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And there, there literally isn't, can't be anything wrong with you. Mm. So, yep. Um, Okay. Until you accept yourself as worthy of love, you will be presented with experiences like this one. Until you accept and love yourself, until you provide yourself with the love that you are seeking in others, you will never receive the outside reflection of being worthy of love. The love you seek is your own. The love you need is your own. The love from your outside world, from others in your reality, will only be a reflection of the love you give to yourself. The reflection will always be a pale comparison to the love you feel within you, no matter how amazing it might feel to be adored by someone else. The love that comes from you and to you is the nourishment that you seek, and that will always be the most powerful force in your reality. What you seek is always within you, and everything that is outside of you can only be a reflection of that. Accept yourself as you are the image of perfection. Allow yourself to be the receiver of the most powerful force in your reality. Allow yourself to love who you are in this moment because you are in every way deserving of your own love. Your ability to love is endless in capacity and limitless in its acceptance. And all you desire to receive in your life is coming from this inner source of love You are what you seek in every way and in every moment. Allow yourself to receive the blessing of your own love for you are truly worthy of it. You are the love that you long for. Yeah. It's all this illusion that you're unworthy. And if someone, if someone loves you, then it, then you think that will prove that you're worthy once and for all. Yeah. You don't see yourself at worthy. You'll just get these manifestation events because that's the key here is to see yourself from a higher perspective that you're perfect as you are, that you can't improve, that self-improvement is a myth. You can expand, but you'll never be more perfect. Mm. And the conditions that exist are also a perfect reflection of the vibration you're offering. So don't change the conditions or the people. Change how you perceive yourself. It's all that perspective of yourself. Yeah. yourself from the higher perspective, and then everything else will change to match that. And Joshua said, because I was thinking it wouldn't like they said that the outside is always a reflection of how you're feeling within. And I was thinking, well, and they said, and you wouldn't want it any other way. And I was thinking, well, I would. I would really like the reflection to be better if I could choose or to be different. But they said, of course, you wouldn't want it to be different because when you truly understand your worthiness, that reflection is going to be amazing to live in. And yeah. that's what you want. Right. That's why you want it to be a true reflection because it's going to be so amazing when you truly realize who you are. 
Yeah. Well, and this is the reason people don't buy mirrors that make them look thinner, right? They're, yeah. they're, you could buy a mirror that made you look thinner, but no one does that yeah. you know? <laughs> because it's not an accurate reflection. But I do love the changing rooms in those stores where they have these slimming mirrors. I do like though. I do prefer those changing yeah. rooms. I do. When you go somewhere and try on clothes, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get you to buy the clothes. But when you get home, there's going to be a rude awakening. <laughs> and it's so weird. I also prefer, even though I know I'm the same size, if it's one brand that has a smaller sizing, like if they size it as small, but it's really a medium, I still would rather buy the small, even though I know it's a medium. Just yeah. because of this tiny label. Totally. I, I lost weight and I was wearing size 36 pants, 36 inch waist. Mm. And I got down to a 33 inch waist. And I go, this is bullshit. I'm not really a 33 inch waist. And so I take, a, take one of those soft measuring tapes and measure. Yeah. And it's 38 inches. It's like, what? No. <laughs> oh, you shouldn't have done that. That was that was a reflection of your doubt. I knew yes. it was thirty-three. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's still better than thirty-six. Because imagine what that was. Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's better, anyways. <laughs> All right, dear Kimmy, you, this is Josh's perspective here. You are a limitless and magnificent, magnificent being of pure positive love and acceptance, exploring reality on a journey of self-discovery. Who you are being now is a limited version of who you really are. This is true of everyone. You did not come to be the full expression of who you are without first exploring the more limited version of your true self. Along the way, as you explore who you are not, you will have expansive experiences that allow, that allow you to see the self-limited aspect of who you are being. You expand either way. If you understand how you are being limited, you will move to another level of beingness. If you do not understand who you're being, you might blame the conditions or other people. You still expand, but not in the most effective manner possible. So yeah. that's who we all truly are, but we're all being limited. We didn't come here and no one came here to be the full expanded authentic version of themselves right away. Yeah. It's a process and it takes lifetimes, I imagine, right? And I'm finally starting to realize or to understand that they're right when they say that the journey is what you want. Because I, I, up until now, I've always thought, well, that's what they say. But what I want is the finished product. I mean, right. who wouldn't want to live in bliss and abundance for the rest of, your, uh, rest of their lives? Yeah. I'm realizing now, shit, this journey is sweet. I'm enjoying this. Yeah. For the first time in my life, I'm excited for what's to come. And I'm so grateful that I don't know. Because then what's the excitement? Right. Exactly. And if it's all behind you, then it, there's definitely not any excitement left. So I'd, I'd much rather have it this way that it's kind of secret and hidden from us. And it really is exciting. It, I'm starting to appreciate it. I, and I think they might just be right. It, there might be something in this channeling stuff that they might be onto something. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's un interesting too, because when you personally let loose of Astrid's doubts, you can see that the change that's happening to you, you know, even though the information was always there and it's a benefit to everyone else who's experiencing it for you to get it too. And for me to get it, it's really fun. Yeah. Yeah, it is fun. 
I agree. It is fun. Cool. Let's assume you set intentions prior to your birth. Most of your intentions are general in nature, but one or more are more specific. There is something you want to explore in this reality as Kimmy in a new way. Let's also imagine that you are a great and powerful explorer, and so the intentions you set caused a powerful trajectory that led you to the life you're now living. That life is very good indeed. However, there is still something that you are choosing to explore. In this exploration of unworthiness in the area of romantic relationships, okay, sorry, it is the exploration of unworthiness in the area of romantic relationships. In this area, you do not see your value. You only feel unworthy. Okay, this is really interesting. We all see ourselves as valuable in different areas or unvaluable, right? Worthy or unworthy. And so you could be super financially successful and have a terrible relationship or have no relationship. You could be, you know, top of your game professionally and see yourself as absolutely worthy in what you do, but have a terrible relationship with your mother. You could, uh, you know, be totally fit and have a f- perfect body, but have nothing going on professionally. Mm. You know, it's no one has, well, I do, but no one else has this well-rounded life where everything's working. And I want to knock on wood, by the way, because I think I just <laughs> fixed myself there. But everything is working now. Where before, it's like, oh, I don't have enough money, or oh, I don't have enough time, or oh, I have to do this thing I don't want to do, blah, blah, blah. And as you start to see your worthiness in all these areas, this, this complete circle of your life is, is filling out in all those areas. Where it's like, a, it's like a basketball that is totally inflated in all areas that rolls easily down the court. And then the deflated basketball has some areas that are inflated and other areas that aren't. And you try and roll that thing, it doesn't go anywhere. So all you're doing then is seeing your worthiness and figuring out in whatever area that is. Because if you knew you're worthy in every area, then your life would reflect that in that area as well as the other areas. So everyone has areas that are working and not working And it's just a matter of worthiness in those areas. For me right now, it feels weird because it's almost the opposite. I'm starting to realize my worthiness as me, just me, like who I am. Yeah. Because I don't have a job, so I don't identify with that anymore. Yep. I'm not only broke, I'm sort of in minus. I've never had as little as I have now. I don't even own my own home. I have no prospect of money coming to me. I have, I, there's no relationship uh, like on the horizon anywhere close. I'm, I haven't been this fat for 15 years. I'm almost at my heaviest weight. So I have sort of everything in my outside conditions that are the worst I've ever been. And I've just never felt this happy. It's almost like I'm high. It's yeah. almost, it's almost bothering me because I just feel so good. And it feels like, it feels like I know I'm going to win the lottery tonight. Yeah. I mean, I don't, it's not about the lottery, but that's what it feels like. I have right. this excitement and I'm so looking forward to what's coming, but, and I feel so happy and I'm excited about it. Yeah. And it's weird to not be worried, but I mean, the outside conditions are probably as bad as they've ever been. And I just don't, I don't know how to care about that. I, I that's like, even, don't care. You've gone even to a further level though. 
you see, where you're not using these outside conditions at all to say that I'm doing good or bad. You're just giving them away. You're only focusing on your feeling to say, as long as I feel good, everything is perfect. Everything is working in every area. That is the best possible level. You are, you are, have gotten to the, the core of it. This is the most fantastic, right? Because but I'm sure, I'd, I'm sure I would react if I'm suddenly living on the street. I think the conditions would probably get to me by then. But so. it isn't that way now, so don't worry about that, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I still have a home for as long as I can imagine. But it's just so weird to not to be in this state of feeling so happy and not – I mean, I'm enjoying what I have. Yeah. I just – it's such a weird thing. And at the same time, I'm trying to control it by saying, well, how long do I have to feel this way for the conditions to change? Right. Exactly. But it's, it's this place of totally starting over with this idea of worthiness there that you've never had before. You know? That's, that's what it feels like. That's starting over. That's really what it feels like. Yeah. Rebirth. Yes. You're born again. Oh my God, I'm a born again Astrid. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, Okay. And then you're just going to get inspiration for stuff or things are going to come to you that you didn't think would come to you and you're going to accept them where you wouldn't have accepted them before. Yeah. Yeah. I've realized with the the channeling, I have, I mean, I have more fear about driving to the dentist office, not because of the dentist, but just because it's unpleasant to drive. Not that I've ever had anything happen to me. I just have fears there. So that's more scary to me than to do like a group channeling for the first time mm-hmm. with people. It's like the, that, the channeling area, the fear has somehow left, but I still have lots of stupid fears. And it's just this weird contrast. Well, your soul's purpose is emerging as a channel. Yeah. And so you're being that. And as you do that, there's little fear in there. I mean, I still have a little fear. I still have fear too. That's not, you know, it's not that I'm, it's just less than I, it's it, less than it should be logically. So it's like I was meant to do this. It's weird. Yeah. What? Now, so when you have an event where your six or seven people are online mm. and you have a time scheduled for that, mm. do you have a little anticipation leading up to that? Yes, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, that's great. Yeah, that's yeah. excellent. Yeah. But oh, yeah. I also had that fear that I, I remember you told me about that you have sometimes that what if nothing comes out? Right. But it's not, it's not, I mean, it had, I have that idea, but then I'm like, well, then I, well, then I just tell them to, that they can go. They don't have to keep watching. So <laughs> like no one died. Right. No but, one died. Yeah. I mean, it's, who cares? Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, if you're going to go perform in front of other people, normally you would have a script that you've rehearsed and done over and over and over again. And maybe you'll worry about forgetting your lines, but you know what you're going to say. This is different. Now, do you ever have any, uh, do they ever give you any like previews or lines or no, I, tr- I try not to do it because I'm used to, if I read a question that I get like on an email and I don't want to start writing on it, I have to like shut it off because uh-huh. I'll get the answer straight away and I just shut it off because yeah. I can do it later. So yeah. I, I, I purposely don't 
try to reach for anything. Yeah. I just like turn it off because I don't care to know about it beforehand because yeah. then I'll have to write it down or prepare. And it's just, I don't see the point of that because yeah. it's going to come anyway. So exactly. Lazy. Good. Good. Do you get these, these like senses of what's coming? In the beginning, they, yeah. I, I needed them, you know, for, yeah. for support. I don't need them anymore. Now I just like, I forget sometimes. Do you, yeah. like I used to meditate right before every one of them. And now sometimes I forget. You know, I, I try to meditate, but sometimes I forget. And I go, oh, shit, I ran out of time to <laughs> meditate. <laughs> and you're still fine. Oh, my God. It has nothing yeah. to do with any of that bullshit, you know? Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. In the beginning, um, I had to close myself off in my room when I was typing. And then uh, no music, shut my phone off. No one could call. No one could watch me. None of that. And now I can stop in the middle of typing an answer answer the phone, people can watch, people can go around. Yeah. New people who don't even know what I'm doing can be there. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. My only fear is that I I have a, well, I'm always afraid that I'm going to have to pee in the middle of it. So I have to stop drinking like an hour before. That's my, that's my only issue. That's <laughs> like, I don't want to have to pee in the middle of it and be like, excuse me, people, we have to stop the challenge because I have to go pee. I'll yeah, be right back. Right. So. Now is the perfect time for a pee break. Everyone yeah. can go. We've so only been for 15 minutes. <laughs> so if I ever do like a live show, I'll have to wear a diaper. Yeah. Like on a stage. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. TMJ. TMJ? TMI. All right. TMI. This specific manifestation event points out to a feeling of unworthiness through emotion, through the emotion of rejection. All right, this is a rejection, though. That's a specific emotion, and it always ties to a specific limiting belief, those emotions. So this one is about rejection. If you are the fullest and most worthy version of you, um, the version of you who you really are, you could not possibly feel the emotion of rejection. Do you get that? Yes. Yeah. Unless you had that limiting belief, you couldn't feel that emotion of rejection. It wouldn't be possible. Everything could happen exactly the same and you wouldn't care, right? It's only that you have that limiting belief then that then you perceive it in a way that triggers this illusion that something wrong is happening. Yeah, and that you still believe that what others do has something to do with you. Yeah, you yeah. react to the conditions. You don't see them as a representation of your vibration. Okay, uh, for instance, you feel worthy in your career. If a client asks you to come by the office today or asks you not to come by the office today, you would not feel rejected because you feel much more worthy in that area. Therefore, your living belief has to do with your opinion of yourself as a viable mate in a loving relationship. You can know for certain that you adopted this limiting belief along your journey of self-discovery. You can see that it is quite intense and strong. You can also know that this limiting belief will go stronger in the future unless you do the work to resolve it now. The limiting belief that you are not worthy of love is false. However, it is so strong within you that you maintain the intensity of this belief. Okay, obviously, the limiting belief that we're unworthy of love is false because we are beings of love. We try and manipulate the conditions in order to feel love because we think that will make us feel worthy. This is why people go for high status or high 
attractiveness in their mates because they think that status of this person who I think has high status loves me, it'll make me feel real worthy. Did uh, Tracy go for your status or for your looks? Uh, I think my soul, my, my beautiful soul, <laughs> my beautiful mind. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Astrid. <laughs> I know. It's so much fun. Yeah. No, <laughs> they go for status or they go for people who look good. If they're trying to get worthiness. Yeah. Right. But if you give that up, then you, if you understand that you're worthy of love, then who comes to you is who matches how you feel about yourself. And so in that case, I would say Tracy matches me perfectly in that we are both on a spiritual journey of growth, of discovery of who we are. We both are able to process our limiting beliefs. If the other one causes us to feel negative emotion, we don't try and change the other person. And in this relationship, we've never fought once. We've never had an argument. We did have a little manifestation event that was my fault on the, on the trip back from Amsterdam where she, where she lost my boarding pass to the next flight. Oh, <laughs> it was God. so silly. We were in line, too, and we had to – I was, I was ramping it up to being silly, you know, like, like if you don't find me my, pass, my thing now and, – and she's in a different line, and so there's thousands of people trying to get through the, through the customs and stuff. <laughs> Mm. And we were just being funny, but it was it was it was a little bit of a manifestation. Anyway, but generally we are on the same track, and so it's a relationship that I never even knew was possible before. You know, she doesn't want me to show her anything that she doesn't feel, and vice versa. And it's amazing how it works out. I thought you were going to explain that now that you understand that you're worthy of love, you finally found someone else that also understands that you're worthy of love. Yeah, that I'm worthy of love, right? Yeah. <laughs> I found lots of people. I have to beat them off with sticks. Yeah, yeah, I can see that line waiting outside of the outside of the room right there. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. That why you got a, a guard dog? A guard dog to keep them off. Yeah. Where's my guard dog? All right, back to this next one here. The limiting belief causes you to want conditions, other people in this case, to prove to you that you are worthy of love. If they do, you feel good. However, since this reality reflects back to you how you really feel, you will always run into um, the emotion of rejection as you maintain your basis in the belief that you are unworthy of love. You will always have a caveat. You would tell yourself things like, this one's unavailable. This one is emotionally detached. This one has some other problem, etc." You will always choose mates, not on the intrinsic compatibility of the relationship, but on their ability to make you feel worthy. The way you choose a mate is not on the basis of love, but on the basis of how much you perceive they can make you feel worthy. You like one because if he loved you, that would really mean you are worthy of love. You dislike another, not because they aren't a good match to you, but because you do not feel like their love would make you feel worthy. So you must always be on the lookout for something special that you perceive proves you are worthy of love. Not only will this never work, but it must always lead to rejection because the universe will always point out the flaw in your premise. You cannot feel something in the conditions uh, you create that you do not already feel now. 
Yeah, like if, if there's an ugly guy coming up to ask you on a date, then you feel disgusted. Like, who the fuck right. do you think you are? And right. if there's a handsome guy coming up to ask you on a date, then you're happy. Exactly. Oh my gosh, I must look good tonight. Oh. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You say, this person proves I'm worthy. I'm yeah. beautiful. I'm successful, whatever it is. Until you start thinking, oh, he's too good looking. He's too good for me. He probably doesn't want me. Or you get jealous because he could want someone else. Yeah. It's more worthy than you. And you will always play that game. All these negative emotions come from that unworthiness. Yeah. Now you'd be worthy. And what you do is go, is like, this person is a wonderful match to me compatibly. Likes to do what I like to do. Uh, is funny. It's fun to be around. I enjoy the person. We can do stuff together. And how they look doesn't really matter. And nothing outside of them that matters. It's just the fun that you have together. And then you'll see the beauty in that person. But then you'll, you'll also feel, here's what you'll feel. You'll feel like, of course they want to be with me. They'd be crazy not to be with me, right? Yeah. Everyone wants to be with me. Of course they would. And that person would feel the same way. Of course he wants to be with me. He'd be crazy to lose me, you know? And when you feel that way, you can never get jealous. It's not possible. Because you go, they're never going to meet anyone better than me, right? <laughs> Who else feels as worthy as I do? And when you build a relationship based on that, then there's none of this little stuff ever comes into it. Yeah. Are you jealous of Tracy's eyebrows? Um, no, not at all. She has terrible eyebrows like me, too. She's got hers tattooed oh. on. <laughs> oh, okay. So you're compatible even with your eyebrows. Uh, eyebrows That's amazing. Yeah. Yep. yep. What are the odds? What are the odds? Yeah. No. Okay, you have a long history of seeking that which can never be. You have a momentum of choosing mates in order to feel worthy of love. You must abandon all of that now and allow in a new type, someone who loves himself and who accepts you as you are. He may not look the same, he may not have the same status, or he may look completely different to you at first. However, he will lead you along a path toward a state of love that love is always for yourself. This is what you came to explore. This is the great linchpin of your life. Your journey of self-discovery is built on your perception of yourself as worthy of love. Your limiting beliefs are all based around this idea. If you can come to a state of self-love and self-acceptance, you will find someone to love. Until that happens, you will always, always find those who allow you to see your own opinion of yourself. It's time for you to raise your opinion of yourself in the area of romantic love. With our love, we are Joshua. And so these two answers, which you, I, I just sent you mine now, but are very much on the same page in this case. I find it so interesting that they write, if you can come to a state of self-love and self-acceptance, you will find someone to love, which I think most people would, would assume you will find someone who loves you. Yeah, you're not here to yeah. find someone to love you. You're, find so you're here to find someone to love. Yeah. Find me somebody, somebody to love. love. <laughs> I, hope, I hope your sound engineer uh, has some free time to tune out that stuff. Yeah, and put in Queen instead. But I just noticed that when you chimed in. It sounded so much good. better, right? Yeah. Oh my God, it was so much better. I make everything better. You do. Can you sing? Yes. Awesome. I cannot. 
I think you can. You just have to let yourself go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you don't even do the um in yoga class. I haven't really gotten to a yoga class yet. You should have gone because you know, at least where I go, we do uh, chanting too, which is very uncomfortable if you if you're sort of embarrassed by singing out. You know, I would and it, yeah. yeah, and you're chanting Indian words that you don't know, you don't understand, and every if they don't have that little thing that they play on the little piano thing, everyone can hear your voice, <laughs> and you don't know the words, and you're like, oh, you should go. Well, they don't have bigger. They don't have chanting here because this is the South. This is the Bible Belt. Oh, so they, they have prayers. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Some yoga. Yeah. Yoga prayer. No, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. All right. So see yourself as worthy of love. See yourself as worthy of abundance. See yourself as worthy of freedom. See yourself as worthy of everything that you want. See yourself as perfect as you are. Accept no limitations. Process those stupid limiting beliefs. They're all false. They're never true. They never were. You are a magnificent being of pure positive love and acceptance. Believe that and your reality reflect that. Thank you. So are you, Gary. If I'm not going to everyone out there, the 6 million people listening to this now. You know that about you. Stop See? it. Stop it. <laughs> you are perfect as you are. I know. I know. I, don't feel bad because you compare yourself to me. That's just how it is. It's it's hard. It's hard not to feel bad. Yeah. And I'm, but I do feel perfect as I am, except I need a haircut. Otherwise, I'm perfect. Except your eyebrows or a lack of eyebrows. Otherwise, I'm, you're perfect. I'm starting to like them. Really? Well, yeah, I mean, not really. It takes all kinds. No. Yep. Well, there's always makeup, right? What's that stuff you put on there? Eyebrows? I don't know. I don't use it. I just like dyed them. Yeah. Maybe I'll get them tattooed. Who knows? Yeah, maybe Who not. Knows? Extensions, eyebrow extensions. Yes, eyebrow extensions. Please yeah. do that before the next podcast, please. Yeah. This has been the most important podcast in the history of the world. I agree. Uh, you know, it took us five times to get this one right, but it was worth it. We've been working all day on this. Is it only five times? It seems like longer, yeah. doesn't it? But we started at eight this morning and it's now 3.07. Oh, I thought you meant like five podcasts. No, five of this episode. We do each of these until we get yeah. it right. Yeah. So it took a while on yeah. this one. Yeah. But this, I think this, maybe three or more other ones, and we'll cut them all together and I'll be good. Yeah. We'll yeah. cut out the one with where you were sitting naked because I don't, that makes me uncomfortable. You have to wear your shorts, Gary. Well, you can't see my shorts because I'm at a desk. Well, when you were jumping, I could see everything. <laughs> Okay, because that can't go on YouTube anyway. So we'll have oh. to get a new one for that. Yeah. All right, good. Hey, is it okay if I put this on YouTube? Yes, it's okay. Oh, wow, good. Now, you, now you ask. <laughs> now I ask, but it doesn't matter. Laurelsmessage.com. Laurelsmessage.com. And where will you be performing? I will be performing on Facebook. <laughs> are you going on tour anytime soon? Yes. Where are you going to go? Are you going to come to America? We'll go on a tour? Yes. Excellent. That'd be fun. Yeah. So if people want us to visit their houses and they'll do like a Tupperware party, but just with channeling. So you guys have to, uh, you know, bring in all the guests and pay for the food and the locations and we'll come. Just email Gary and tell us. Well, the... Not joking. Not joking. 
the Vancouver group, there's a ton of people in Vancouver, ton of people in Phoenix, a uh, ton of people in San Diego. Yeah. We might just do a West Coast drive tour. We'll get a bus. Yeah. And we'll drive. We'll do All the right. channel panel. The channel panel. That's right. Yeah. Until then, find Laurel and Astrid on Facebook. And that group is called? Laurel's Message. And It's a page. It's not a group, though. It's a page. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, the, the website is? Laurelsmessage.com. Easy enough. Yeah. And join us at the Friends of Joshua Facebook group. Just type in Friends of Joshua. Go to joshuateachings.com. If you want to ask us a question, go to joshuaquestions at gmail.com. And if you'd like to watch the documentary on Joshua, it's on YouTube. Just search Gary Temple Bodily. You'll find it there. Thanks for being here. Thank we'll you. you love you and love everyone out there. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Teachings of Joshua Roundtable. Remember, you are loved more than you can imagine by more than you could ever count. We'll see you next week.